Hello everyone, welcome to Chip It and Chill, the anime podcast, the podcast that celebrates all things anime and everything that's included within that within the hobby, within the media. I'm Ryan, your host, and if you're new here, hello, welcome to the show. If you're returning from a past podcast episode, thank you so much for coming back, that really, really means a lot to me. So, in the last episode, we looked at the rise of one of the most famous and record-breaking anime studios, Studio Ghibli. The studio is one that has created some of the most iconic cinematic anime ever and helped to change the face of anime movies in general overall and helped change the types of stories that were being told. Although no studio really has ever matched the type of creativity and aesthetic that the studio has because it's so so different to normal anime. I say normal, but not anime in the Ghibli way. So in this episode, I wanted to continue that theme of Studio Ghibli and delve a little bit deeper into one of my favourite and definitely one of the most iconic films, Spirited Away. I'll be going through some of the weird and wonderful facts about the movie, such as Easter eggs, tiny details, and facts about the creation and production of the movie that broke multiple records. I won't be covering some of the story, we covered quite a bit of the story last time in the Rise of the Studio Ghibli Studio last episode, so if you do want to check that out, get a bit of a refresh on what what the movie's about, head back an episode, check it out, give it a listen, head straight back and we'll dive straight back in. So, to start us off, because this is a different kind of format of show we're trying something a little bit different here more fact-based more fun fact easter egg based kind of show so i'm going to start off with some really basic facts about the show about the movie and then we'll dive into the more meaty facts so the film was released in july 2001 and was directed by hayao oops sorry i buttered that name hayao miyazaki himself which was wasn't rare within Studio Ghibli, but it definitely became a a moment when when he decided to direct one of his films. So the film broke all previous records for almost a full year and brought in an audience of over twenty three point eight million people and revenue of thirty point eight billion yen, which is nearing around two hundred twenty three million euros. So that beat the Titanic and became one of the greatest box office hit smashers of all time in Japan and was an enormous hit overseas as well. This film also became the first animated film to ever win a Golden Bear at the 52nd Berlin International Film Festival and the following year it won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature at the 75th Academy Awards. So it won award after award, it really did absolutely smash it out of the park. So, fact number one is the fact that this film had no script whatsoever at the time of production. I would have always thought that the Studio Ghibli films were meticulously thought out, with every detail planned out. However, this is not the case when it comes to how Miyazaki works in general with his films. 
The film was created with no script in mind and started production while the storyboard for the movie was still being made. So instead, he likes to let the film develop organically, which is a method he uses for all of his films. So it wasn't really anything special for Spirited Away. But isn't that interesting? That's so strange. So Miyazaki told Midnight Sky, it's not me who makes the film. The film makes itself and I have no choice but to follow, quote unquote, which is a really interesting view on your creative project. So I always find it difficult to start a project without a plan and actions kind of laid out. So I find it interesting that one of the most iconic movies ever made was created in this way. So I wonder how this affected the speed and progress of the project. And also, I wonder how many scenes ended up being cut from the movie if this was a process. How differently could the story have gone if they decided that the film feels like it needs this or it needed this instead? Under how many decisions were made in order to develop the film with no script. So fact number two is, isn't specifically um, Spirited Away themed, but I had to include this one. So the New Yorker uh, newspaper once called Miyazaki the amateur of anime, quote unquote. And I had to include this fact because I found it super inspiring. One of the world's most iconic and famous papers called Miyazaki the amateur of anime. And no matter what anyone says, you do you and work hard and prove all those people that doubt you wrong. And that is exactly what he did. Look at the legacy and the studio that he built. And I wonder, I wonder if the person that said that at the New Yorker really regrets that now. So fact number three is attention to detail. Now we all know that the Studio Ghibli films have a level of detail in there that is super, super nice. Like the sounds that are used, the you know, if a table's knocked, the chopsticks will fall over and the little zippers will catch the light, things like that. But there's a level of detail that I didn't actually think was super... I didn't think they were so realistic as what they are. So the Studio Ghibli films are praised for attention to detail. And these details even go down to the details of how the main character, Chihiro, does certain mundane tasks, such as putting on her shoes and then tapping the front of the floor to make sure they they fit properly, like you you do as a kid to make sure your toes don't... Um, you're not outgrowing them too much, too quickly. Or the fact that when her parents shout her, she doesn't reply until the second time, which is something that reflects how average 10-year-olds don't often don't actually reply for the first time, every time. It's quite childlike to just kind of be in your own world and you don't actually realise you're being shouted for. So early on in the film, the dad also says that the car has a four-wheel drive, which is entirely true for the type of car he is depicted driving. He is driving a first-generation Audi A4 sedan, complete with the trademark Quattro four-wheel drive system. So it's not just a car, and he's not just saying that for effect. It That car that he is depicted driving does actually have the system inside that has four-wheel drive. I think that's so interesting that they even went down to that level of detail. So fact number four is all about the river spirit, that stink spirit that comes into the bathhouse. So the stink spirit that is cleaned by Chihiro in the bathhouse was actually inspired by Miyazaki's experience of cleaning his local river. So he said during an interview, my local river and there really was a bicycle. It was stuck in there. Ten of us wrapped a rope around the bars and slowly pulled it out. We really cleaned up the river and the fish are back. That's why I added that scene. And 
we just mentioned the attention to detail and he just spoke about how him and his his friends or 10 others wrapped a rope around the bike and that is exactly how Chihiro removes the bike from from the stink spirit or was it the thorn i think it was the the thorn and she wraps it around the around that and it pulls it out so it's interesting that his real life experiences affect the scenes in the film i think that's so nice i think we get a little bit of an introduction and an insight into his activities outside of Ghibli and we always love uh, Environmental Warrior. Thank you so much for cleaning up the river. That is awesome. I absolutely love that. And I think it's nice that that's portrayed. The artist's life is portrayed in the films that we love. So fact number five is all about the names of the characters and how they're actually done. So the names of the characters are a reflection of what they are. And that's quite an a traditional trope in storytelling and character naming conventions that their name reflects something. But I think there's an interesting way about how Miyazaki did it specifically with his characters. So Bo means little boy or son, Kamaji means old boiler man, Yubaba means bathhouse witch, and Zeniba means money witch. The heroine Chihiro means a thousand fathoms or searchers, and while her worker name Sen just means thousand. So I think it's really interesting that they are specifically what their name says. So it's not something obscure and it's not something related to them, but obscure. No, it is their name literally reflects what they actually are. So that's an interesting way of doing it. I wonder why it is so literal. Is it because the film originally was or is kind of depicted towards 10-year-olds to watch the film? Is it to make it quite literal for them? Or is it something just quite a nice fact of their name is what they are? I would be quite interested to see if this naming convention flows into the other Ghibli films. How are the naming conventions done for other characters? Are the other characters' names their literal physicality and and personality is it specifically their job or their role or who they are 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 other Miyazaki films done in this way or is it specifically spirited away I think that's something I'd I'd really like to delve into maybe in another another podcast we'll look at another Ghibli film and see see if there are any similarities there so fact number six is all about two very different worlds colliding here so the American voice actress for Chihiro played Lilo out of Lilo and Stitch also. And I loved Lilo and Stitch, the movies and the cartoon series that followed after them on Disney as a kid. And I never actually linked these voices together because, I mean, why would you naturally? That's quite, I mean, fair play to you if you have linked those voices together without even knowing that. That is a skill. (laughs) That That is a skill. But I never thought about that for a second But when I thought about the voice for Lilo, it totally, it is totally Chihiro. And it's kind of strange that those two worlds meet like that, that these two series is. And yet again, Disney is linked to Ghibli in a slightly different way. We've seen them about mentioning them last time about the distribution and helping Ghibli get out into the western side of the world. And now we meet the same kind of voice actors playing these characters for both sides. So that's really interesting. What a weird mix. So fact number seven is that you can actually visit the site that inspired the environment for Spirited Away. 
So specifically the city spiritual side of um, the bathhouse and the environments around it with like the little bars and restaurants, things like that. So the packed streets and bathhouse of the movie can be referenced to downtown Jufen, Jufen, something like that, in Taiwan for its gorgeous design. Here you can find similar sights and sounds that resemble the bustling spirit town. So Miyazaki is said to have visited a popular tea house similar to this whilst visiting the area and it was thanks to this that the bathhouse showed up in the movie. So that's really interesting that that yet again we start to see these real life links, real life references to the environment and its characters and who is introduced into the stories. It's really interesting to see this level of real world detail going into the movies. So the next fact, fact number eight, is something that I thought I would have been able to have found out really easily somewhere. But it's never actually been confirmed by Ghibli or Miyazaki himself. And that is the flow of time. So it seems that actually no one at Ghibli or Miyazaki really has confirmed how much time Chihiro spent in the spirit world. Studio Ghibli producer Toshio Suzuki reckons it was about three days based on the dust and the leaves in and around her parents' car. But it's hard for anyone to know for certain, especially as the passage of time seems to change as one passes through the tunnel into that spirit world, that like brick tunnel. So what do you guys think? I I think I'd agree and say that it would be at least three days because of how much the grass had grown around the car. And think about the layers of dust. Does it dust doesn't accumulate that thickly in like one day. But then there's a different side to that, isn't there? So is it three days in the spirit world or is it three days in the human world? How quickly does time pass in each area? What is the time difference? Is it a little bit when you travel um, around the world and there's different time zones? That kind of idea. But how quickly, you know, is three days in the human world actually 10 days in the spirit world? You know, we see the night and day sequence in the spirit world, but in, how is that specifically represented in the human side? Is one night, three nights? I think that's interesting. I think that's bizarre that that's not being confirmed by Ghibli. So that's open to complete interpretation. So fact number nine is all about a look inside each of us. And that's not as soppy as I really mean that to be, but it's nice. So Miyazaki reportedly created the characters Chihiro, Yubaba and No Face, one of my favourites, to represent three different sides of the person, so a single person. So No Face reportedly represents the darker personality traits that we all struggle against, like obsession and greed. So that's all about, so that's reflected in the gold coins that he produces and the food that he consumes and how large he gets um, due to that greed. And... Apparently, No Face was actually named No Face to emphasise that people are multifaceted beings who are more complex than you would know by judging them on a single aspect of their character. So that's interesting. So that's quite a deep look at the human psyche and personality traits and each person's view of the world and how we view other people. That's really interesting that that level of psychological thought went into no face and how he was depicted or they were depicted in the film 
I absolutely love the No-Face character. Towards the end where you, you see them on the train and with uh, the Money Witch at the end, it's so, so cute. I absolutely love them. I want to cuddle them. I, I find it adorable, especially oh, especially when the train um, splashes, splashes No-Face when he's running for the platform. Oh, it's Oh, it's so cute. So, so cute. I want one. So fact number 10 is all about the sense of ma. So the moments of quiet and calmness that are dotted around the movie, such as the moments where Chihiro is looking over the sea on the balcony or eating a rice cake or, or the scenes on the train are called ma by uh, Miyazaki. So which translates more literally to interval or emptiness. So these are to let the viewer take a moment and enjoy the movie and its characters instead of there being constant action and tasks being done and, and movement throughout the film. So in an interview with Roger Ebert, Miyazaki explained the usefulness of these. So I quote, if you just have non-stop action with no breathing space at all, it just becomes busyness. But if you take a moment, then the tension building in the film can grow into a wider dimension. If you just have constant tension at 80 degrees all the time, you just get numb, unquote. I always found the moments like that in the film, the, the Ma moments, has been something that's quite quintessentially Ghibli. There are always these moments where you see them, quite an emphasis on the mundane or normal moments of life in the Ghibli movies. So we see people cooking or putting on their shoes or laying a table or we see these really putting the washing out in in um, Howl's Moving Castle for example where Sophie puts the washing out there's so many little moments in the films and I a lot of people can find these really boring because nothing is happening and you know a lot of people think films have to be so jam-packed now you know look at the Marvel films they're so packed with stuff that I find them kind of almost tiring to watch and they're quite a quite a task to watch. Whereas I think the Ghibli films, because of this flow of calm and emptiness and these intervals, they become so much nicer to watch because we see these characters take on these tasks, they put their shoes on like we do, they enjoy these moments of just normal life. And I think that also can help us romanticise our own lives a little bit and the tasks that we do. You know, it's it's nice to see these moments of our own lives, our own daily lives, be reflected in these films in such a nice anime style. So this episode has had a little bit of a different format to the rest of the episodes, but I I think it's been interesting to see the hidden details and some of the thought processes behind the characters and the environment and see the thought processes that Miyazaki kind of went through and his team went through to develop these detailed moments in the film and all these interactions and and see how these films were produced with a no script, for example. That is just crazy to me that these films were made and with no script or not thought too far in advance. And yet they still won all these awards. It became a record breaker. It became their most iconic movie. And yet the process was completely organic and completely... Not left to random, but they were left to just happen by themselves almost. 
I've really enjoyed looking into all the different facts for this film. I enjoyed looking at these kind of facts anyway for, for things I enjoy. So it's been really nice looking into this much detail for a Studio Ghibli film. Following on from last week where we looked at Studio Ghibli anyway as a studio. I think this is something that I would like to maybe carry on. Would you like? Would you guys like to see a 10 facts around... Um, Sailor Moon, a 10 facts around Howl's Moving Castle. I think I will make maybe a 10 facts series and, and we'll see how it goes. I really enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. So just a few little outro bits. So I have a brand new Patreon that launched this week. A club for fans of the podcast and fans of my Etsy shop as well. So a new monthly club where you can receive physical and digital digital goodies along with exclusive updates and loads more. There is a Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan and Chibi Mega Fan tiers with each level being better than the last. With the Mega Fan tier including 3 physical prints, fan requests, exclusive voting power and Patreon shout outs on this podcast and loads more. So each tier also includes an indefinite discount to the Etsy store, with each tier being a higher discount than the last. I've included a link to the Patreon site in the show notes so you can check out which club level you'd like to sign up to. Thank you for checking it out. Also, an affiliate link for Buzzsprout. Now, Buzzsprout is how I host and distribute my podcast. And today is a great day to start your own podcast. So whether you're looking for a new marketing channel or have a message you want to share with the world or just think it will be fun to have your own talk show, a bit like I have, podcasting is an easy and inexpensive and fun way to expand your reach online. So Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote and track your podcast. The show can be online and listed in all major podcast directories such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. So podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a thousand, hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something together. So following the link in my show notes, let Buzzsprout know that we sent you so get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan and help support the show so you'll get $20 for when you sign up to help launch your own podcast in the show notes you'll also find links to my social media instagram tiktok twitter facebook all that good stuff please do check me out on there there's so much more content that i'm pushing out there that i'm sure you'll love if you love this podcast and love anime and who doesn't Anyway, thanks for joining me on this episode. You can find everything down below, including a brand new Buy Me A Coffee show support link so you can help directly support this podcast. Until next time, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next Monday. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.